last season on My Black is Transnational. And, and really having these strong ties to these nations that allow you to create a bridge that goes back and forth. And how does this multiple nation, multinational, I should say, connection impact our lives and impact our abilities to interact with those who look like us and those who don't look like us? And how does our cultural preservation um, help us strengthen our cultural identities and our cultural practices? You know, align with, and they don't want to lose their culture. It's important. Food is I mean, take, part take, of take, take, take it another step further. I mean, when we, when we look at research from an anthropological standpoint, yeah. food is actually the last vestige of any culture that's actually shed. Mm-hmm. Usually, people change the way they dress, the way they talk. Um, they lose the language after a while, but food is something that is sticks with you. Yeah. You know, that 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 food tells the story of a, of a people, of culture, right? Like when you when you say that, what do you mean? Like they raised you out like you're in Nigeria. What was that like? For one, even to this day, when you wake up, I've never said good morning to my parents. It's always in our language, not just. I still have to. We call it the degree, which is like not prostrate, but you know, bend of the knee a little bit. Doesn't matter how old I am, I can be fifty. I still have to greet my parents that way. My mom would say, "We're little. When you walk in this house, you're in Nigeria." I don't want to hear dinner, eat, none of that. <laughs> that even at one point when we were little, we weren't allowed to speak English. If we spoke English, when my mom would, resp- would speak to us in our language, she would start saying, my children are speaking in tongues. We want Africans of the world, you know what I mean? And that's the, that's the model that we push. But the mission is to still bring people back to Nigeria. So um, that'll always be the mission. But we're growing, and that's the future of Discovery. Giving people the opportunity to travel and experience African culture in all these places. That's the future of Discovery. I just felt that was the easiest way to bring Africans in the motherland and Africans in the diaspora together. And and I'll tell you, it's working. I have had people purchase several shirts and go out of the country and inbox me and say, and tell me, these t-shirts spark so much conversation. Keep doing what you're doing. What do you think is the most common thing that black women face? Um, is it racism? Is it things um, that are byproducts of racism? Or is it anything else, like work, socioeconomic status? What do you think is a, a, a huge stressor, just in your own like, experience? Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the biggest stressors facing Black women is how, um, you know, we experience high levels of violence just kind of based on our race and our gender. We experience violence from within the Black community, and then we also experience violence outside of the Black community. So that's a major stressor, right? Like when you look at, um, you know, Tatiana Jefferson, who just, you know, got killed in her home just for being a black woman. She just was perceived to be threat, a threat uh, for no other reason than she was, you know, playing video games uh, with a family member. And so that's a huge stressor. That's something definitely that's on the consciousness. Um, like, what type of stories do you think we can tell? I mean, the sky is the limit at this point. The interest in Africa in the culture and in the history is now beginning to surge and and with that comes the opportunity to tell real historical accounts for me I'm a history buff so that's where I start that's where 
it. That's kind of like where I begin if I'm forming something out of clay. What is the historical relevance that um, is the basis for the story? And why, how is the story transformed and goes to the place that it goes based on where it comes from? So the whole notion of Sankofa going back to return is kind of how I think um, when we talk about creating an, an inception. But now we have the opportunity to tell some of the stories about the Malian Empire, some of the stories about the old Igbo Empire, some of the stories about these these historical giants when it comes to military force, when it comes to technological advancements, when it comes to agricultural uh, resources. And this, this is the empires that were coming out of 14th, 15th century Africa. I can speak from my own personal experience too, where it's like, by the time you look up, it's like, oh, mama is not feeling well. What and like, what happened? Like, oh, you know, don't, she's just not feeling well. And then by the time she, anything happened and she passed, they'll say, oh, it was cancer. Oh, you like cancer? Like, why, why didn't we know about this? Or, you know, she was, her, her, blood, her blood was not well. Her blood was, she had hypertension. You're like, what? Wait, why didn't you tell me that this was happening so we can engage in some type of preventative practice? But it feels like the elderly never want to share what's going on with them. And sometimes we grow up feeling like, we grow up feeling like our people are just so like immune to, you know, these type of chronic diseases when we're actually, you know, they're actually suffering from it, but they just don't say nothing. See, the thing about it is, is that, um, the media was, was instead of us getting to know each other, the media was our median. Yes. So the media was telling us what what it is about African Americans and what you should know about Haitians. Haitians got AIDS. Haitians come from voodoo and African Americans. Same thing. Oh, African Americans are lazy. African Americans are dirty. So we allow the media to shape our opinions of each other. You know, we feel it, especially the ones who are connected back home. You know, who I, I call transnationals, is that we feel it because our people back home, they're the ones who hit you up on WhatsApp and they're like, bruh, like, I see you're doing well. <laughs> you know, even if they see a couple pictures on Facebook and they're like, bruh, I see you're doing well. Like, you send us some money, you know, we're doing bad here. And that's when you get the picture of the worst back home. And then people here who are your, who you're affiliating with, you know, back in the, in the States, who you're affiliating with, making friends with, asking you about Africa and they see the worst so you can't tell them about the beauty because the truth of the matter is as you know Ghana is beautiful also i think what a lot of uh, immigrant kids end up feeling you know what i mean like your parents don't want you to be these uh, these people that they call akata mm-hmm. which doesn't really it, it just has a negative connotation Does right it? But, like, like that's what it is. It just has a very negative connotation. Do Cameroonians you know use I mean? the term akata as well? Huh? Do Cameroonians use akata as well? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I did not yes. know that. I thought they had a French <laughs> word for it. That's crazy. No. 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 So Cameroonian is French, and it's French-speaking. It's also English-speaking. There's a couple of words that, like, borrows um, from teaching English. So akata was one of the words that made it over. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> In order to change, in order for black people to lead healthier lives from a biological standpoint, there needs to be better systems in place to help promote better health for black people. We need to debilitate that health system. But also on the other side of the coin, in order for things to improve 
for black people now in order to reduce the police brutality in order to reduce the racism i don't know if that'll ever be reduced but in order to fight back we need to educate others but we also need to punch them in the mouth punch them people right back in the mouth let them know you about that life we, we cannot we can no longer just sit and talk punch it right back in the mouth you have to understand that in order for things there's some lives that will be lost people are dying as martyrs there are too many martyrs too many martyrs and enough is enough so i encourage you all i implore you all to not take any more bullshit do it for malcolm do it for martin do it for garvey do it for everybody who died looking wishing for the world that we're into today but also wishing that we can be able to achieve that equality i've been yearning for no don't just stick to what makes people feel comfortable don't just stick to what make people feel okay you have to show them more than you can tell them Welcome to My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Changed National, Season 3. Find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. everyone you are listening to my black is transnational season three the breakout season i'm your host dr kalechi bay lamberts and first and foremost i just want to let you know how excited i am to be back how excited i am to be able to bring this back to you because it's been a long crazy year and i missed y'all i missed talking to you all. Summer break was amazing, getting to spend time with my family, but I miss this. I miss being able to come rap with you all and and talk to you all about all the things that I'm so passionate about. So I'm here and this is the breakout season, y'all. That's what I'm calling it. Season three, breakout season. Why? Because it's time to take it to the next level. All right. We have done three seasons. The first season, we were getting our feet wet. Second season, we was getting the hang of it. Third season, it's time to take it to the next level. So if this is your first time listening to my Black is Transnational podcast, welcome to the next level. If you are a loyal listener and you've been rocking with me since season one, I appreciate you first and foremost. But secondly, welcome to the next level. Because I think we are ready to engage in more more riveting conversations and i'm very excited we're, we're gonna break out and reach out to people who are doing amazing things all over the world and i'm excited to bring them to your to your homes i'm excited to bring it to wherever you listen to these podcasts speaking of that let's go through our formalities i'm going to do a brief rundown for those of y'all who are listening for the first time 
If this is your first time listening to my Black History Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to good podcasts. You can also contact us or keep in touch with this podcast on social media by following us at Black Transnational Podcast. That's the Instagram handle. You can follow me on Instagram at Black Transnational underscore. We're also on Facebook. You can just search us at Black Transnational Podcast. We're on Twitter, but we're pretending to be on Twitter. We're there, but we're not there, but we're kind of there, right? So you can find our Twitter handle at MBI Transnational, okay? Um, if this is, you know, if you have no idea what this podcast is about, I still ask that you subscribe because I think this podcast will fulfill a variety of needs. If you are someone that identifies as black, this podcast is for you. If you are someone that identifies as black and maybe from or have roots connected to the African continent or the diaspora, this podcast is for you. If you are someone that identifies as African-American and you are looking for ways to be able to get in touch with your African roots or you are trying to find a way to connect and be able to add more to the construction of your black identity by being able to understand how to connect back with Africa or to connect with your island roots of the diaspora, this is a podcast for you. If you are a black immigrant or your parents are black immigrants, this is a podcast for you. If you are a black immigrant and your parents are black immigrants or you immigrated at a young age and you still connect or still are heavily connected to your native homeland, your country of origin, this is definitely the podcast for you. All right. So we fulfill. And first of all, let me even add to the list. If you are a black person looking to get empowered, this is a podcast for you. If you are here and you are an anti-racist, this is a podcast for you. If you are here to engage or listen to conversations about how we can be able to continue to empower one another, how we can build bridges and how we can bridge gaps, then this is a podcast for you. If you believe in the idea that if black people can be able to reconnect with their homeland, can be able to bridge the gaps that they have interracially with one another, that we can be able to share resources and enhance one another by sharing information and empowering one another with knowledge, then this is a podcast for you. We're not going to limit ourselves. Hence, the breakout season. All right. So we're going to cover a variety of topics this season. So this is not going to be a very long episode. I'm not going to go on some type of, of rant, even though I really want to. And I may still do it because I just get into my feelings and my passion. But this season is it. This is, I mean, not like a rap. <laughs> that sounds dramatic. <laughs> but what I mean, like this is it. I mean, this is going to be a very, very enlightening season. And I think we're going to be able to make a lot of waves. So I'm very excited about a lot of the things that I have in store for you all. There are going to be so many surprises along the way, but we're going to have a lot of amazing guests, a lot of very good talk series. I'm very excited to share with you all our Growing Up Immigrant Talk series that's going to be happening this season, where we're going to be talking about just the different experiences from different people with various backgrounds and what it's like growing up with immigrant parents. What is it like being a young transnational, even an older transnational that, you know, but grew up with your immigrant parents and the different expectations that you may have had, or maybe similar expectations? We're going to explore all of that. 
right? We're going to have, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about the in investments. We're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about wellness. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about relationships and arranged marriages. We're going to talk about colorism, racism, sexism. I mean, we're going to talk about biculturalism. We're going to talk about just a day-to-day struggle of being a black person in America. We're going to talk about reaching back and how to connect back to Africa. We're going to talk about what it may look like when you move back to Africa, right? We're going to cover all of the above and more because it all matters. It all matters. And speaking of what matters, black lives matter. And it still mattered. It mattered when I left and it matters now. And it mattered before I left. And it's going to matter even when I leave today. 2020, y'all, is the worst case scenario. That's what I'm telling in this episode. 2020 equals the worst case scenario. Because everything that has happened that you thought was the worst case scenario probably happened. And if it didn't happen, it's loading. That's where we're at. That's where I'm at mentally. I mean, when I left you all and went on summer break, I mean, so many crazy things have happened. We still haven't gotten justice for Breonna Taylor. Elijah McClain gets killed. Jacob Blake gets shot. And many other black lives have been affected. The pandemic is still present. The pandemic is still present. And people are pretending like the pandemic is not present. Schools are still opening. Right? Like, people are going back to work. And people, I mean, I get it. People have to live their lives, but the pandemic is still here, y'all. The pandemic is still here. Like, it's still here. Like, right here. We're spending it here like Yang twins. Like, it's crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> so many things that have happened in the summer, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It's so, I mean, if not, if it has changed, it's the worst case scenario. We lost Chadwick Boseman. I, I, just, I don't know if I said that already, but we lost Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. The man who essentially was a beacon. He was the face of all the black heroes of the past, present, and future. I mean, this was a strong brother. To, to have cancer and do all the things that he did and to be able to preserve that and, and keep that to himself... God, it's just, it, I mean, we were just getting over Kobe and we, we were still getting over Kobe Bryant and all the other amazing heroes. Man, 2020 has taken a lot from us, but we're still here, y'all. We are still here and we are still trying to thrive and we have to be able to keep pushing and thriving for those who we've lost. We have to live for them. We have to make sure that we go out and, and I'm, I'm going to say this in the beginning and I'm going to say it again in the end. Go vote, please. For those of y'all who live in the United States that are listening to this podcast, please go and vote. I don't care what, I just go vote. Use your voice. It matters. Like black lives, it matters. Okay. Um, Man, what else has been going on? I mean, it's just, I've been at home. <laughs> My baby boy is growing up. You know, he's seven months. He's crawl, getting ready to crawl. My daughter is getting bigger. You know, she's getting wiser, getting smarter. She's she's being more aware of the world, and, and you know, and and we're, we're 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 growing as a family, but we're growing in this bubble. 
in a shelter that we're happy to have. We're fortunate. And I think about those who aren't because, again, the pandemic is still here. Right? Like, there are people out there dying. There are people out there whose lives are being turned upside down because we have a global pandemic that has yet to be resolved, that has become politicized. And now making a choice that's supposed to be for your health has become a choice that completely ruin relationships with people, your social welfare. And that's just to name a few. I mean, it is a struggle right now, especially for those who are people of color. People are getting kicked out of their homes. People are, are dying in two days. People are losing their jobs. Right. And then you have the transnationals. You have us transnationals. And I say those who have families back in various parts of the world who are here, who are working hard, or you have family parents who are working hard. You have aunties and uncles and cousins in your home, in your motherland who are looking for you to help them because they are in a country that may not be as, you know, developed as the country that we live in and are looking for you to provide some form of relief to them. And the reality is that, bro, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I don't have it because I'm not working, right? I mean, I'm speaking for those who are, you know, in a grind, but even those who are working, you still got to think about managing your family because you may have a family member who does not have the same work hours that they did in the past because the pandemic has cut their time in half or maybe taken away their job completely. So difficult choices are being made and the stress is picking up. The stress is picking up big time. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm I mean, I'm I'm kind of just giving y'all a nice little catch up of what was happening in my mind over the break and I'm and I'm thinking about it, right? And I mentioned I got my baby boy that's growing up. And I'm thinking about the world, right? I'm, uh, and, and the pandemic is happening. He's he's not stepped out of the crib for real. I mean, we may go outside and go for a walk, but I mean, he's barely seen anybody. And that's okay, right? Because I'm not just protecting him from this, from this virus. The part of me is protecting him from this racist cancer that is on our, that is in our country right now. That is spreading so violently right now. So rapidly right now. People are losing their lives quickly. Like expeditiously just for the fact that they share the same skin color as I do. I mean, we just lost a a man... A, a couple of days ago, just as telling from when we're recording this, but Jonathan Price, who was of support of the police, but was a black man, and he got gunned down. He got tased and he got gunned down for reacting to being tased. He got shot. This is where we're at. I mean, we still haven't found any justice for Breonna Taylor. They charged one cop. 
for for shooting a wall and they felt like that was something no justice for Elijah McClain still waiting to hear back about George Floyd so many other lives that are being affected that we don't even know their stories people are still protesting protestings aren't being heard we had Portland <laughs> man I mean, it's 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 been nothing has changed. We're still here. I mean, like, and when I say that, it's like, oh, the pandemic's still here. Like, racism's still here. So what can we do? You know, what can we do? So it's funny. I I in, in the process of even me thinking about this, my homegirl hits me up, right? Like, and I'm gonna share a clip with y'all. My homegirl hits me up because I think it makes for a very interesting discussion. For just where, from a transnational standpoint, where we stand, right? I think it's important to, to because this podcast tends to focus on issues related to transnationalism, I always like to share the transnational perspective of where we're at amidst all the bull that's happening right now, the BS that is happening right now, right? I want to be able to just give you all this insight, you know, before we just, like I said, I'm not going to keep this episode long, but I just want to bring things to perspective um, as to what it could be like, right? And what some of us may be thinking of as transnationals. And for those of y'all who are not transnationals, I'm giving you all some insight on what a transnational could be thinking about what's happening right now amidst all the civil unrest, amidst the pandemic unrest. And I haven't even talked about climate change. We had a forest fire, y'all, that's happening, right? Like, so, so many things, but okay. I digress. I want you all to hear this really quickly. I think this is really interesting. So I've been thinking about this a lot today, and it's just too much to write out. But thinking about being a Black person in America and having family abroad, we, yes, we're still facing the same racism and all of these other issues that affect solely Black people, but we also have, deep in the back of our mind, this understanding that technically... We can leave. We have this option to essentially give up on America and leave. And I think this is a very interesting dynamic that could be checked out because most African Americans don't have that option. They're here. They have no choice but to fight. They've been backed into that corner. We have this option to stay in the corner or leave. And I think about this in regards to the added stress, like, Yes, we're all feeling the effects of this, and it's so much stress, but then does that alleviate some some of our stress since we have a foreign place to go to, knowing that we could technically escape if things really hit the fan? Does, does that take away some of that stress? You know, I've, been, I've been thinking about that a lot today. It's something that a lot of us have been thinking about. Seriously. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's necessarily the idea of giving up on America is not necessarily one that I took seriously. I took it with a grain of salt. But I do think there's a part of us that's like, yo, if things don't get better, sheesh, we may have to go back to the old country. <laughs> like, And it's not one of those go back to your countries. But it's like we have family back home. Um you know, we, we, we would just have to take some time to just let things simmer down and, and just, and just, and maybe we should look at what life is like on the other side of the bridge, 
you know, and then maybe things, maybe we, what, what can we do back there? <laughs> like, what can we do to maybe fix that bridge, uh, you know, that may be a little rusty and maybe we can, maybe we can WD-40 the bridge and <laughs> maybe we can make it shine again. <laughs> like, what can we do? You know, because I think, I think she, she stated it pretty well. I mean, that's kind of what, one of the things we have to think about, right? Like, I mentioned in the end of season two that, you know, they're, they're transnationals who feel like, oh, well, it's not my problem. And um, no, this is, this is their American problem. And no, it's not. Um, unfortunately, it is your problem. Like, you can't just say that anymore. Like, they're getting you too. They're getting your peoples too. You are one of the victims. You are very liable to get shot because they're not asking for names anymore. They're shooting first and taking names later. You know, so the stress, though, but you for those who have families, for those who are thinking about, you know, just their welfare and their well-being and and the well-being of their parents. It's like we do have family members back home. We do have a country of of people who love us, who want us to be OK. But then the other side of the game reflects and shows that there are people on the other side who are depending on you, who are looking for you to help them. So when we talk about that stress, as my as my friend mentions, when we talk about that stress that is present, it is very, very alive in our minds. A lot of people like myself who are transnationals, you're thinking not just for you. I'm thinking about my family back home. I'm thinking about my brother. I'm thinking about my mother. I'm thinking about my father, right, and, and their welfare and what, what the pandemic is doing to them. Business is slow. Money is the money is not being made the way, you know, it used to. It's not coming in the way it used to, right? And, and the American dollar has a lot more weight than the Nigerian naira, right? And 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 you know, as and parents are getting older, and, and you know, you got to start thinking about their health. But they can't go out and go for walks, and because not everybody's practicing the protocols. And don't get me wrong, some some nations are well in advance as far as how well they've gotten rid of or at least minimized the spread of the pandemic. Right? But they're also, you're talking about specifically in my case, Nigeria is a very populous country, right? I mean, it's one of the most populous countries in Africa, if not the most populous country in Africa. So, I mean, you're talking about a crowded nation, many people who may just, who are struggling, very impoverished, rich in resources, but socioeconomically yikes right and you know what do we do there you know i have to send my mother money you know regularly even during a pandemic i'm th- i'm glad i have a job and then i have to worry about the fact that in order for me to go out to get that money to work if i wasn't working virtually but if i had to go out there and just make a living then my life is on the line because i'm a black man and if I get stopped on the wrong day and I run into the cop who's having a bad day, that I can lose my life. And if I lose my life, my mom won't be able to get taken care of. It just it creates this trickle down effect that can create so much stress. And how does that affect my brother? How does that affect my kid? Like it, a trickle down effect happens and it doesn't just affect you locally, but internationally. Is it better for us to consider the fact that we can we do have that out? Does that make us better than an African-American who doesn't have that? 
No. Because again, what I what I continue to express and what I continue to emphasize in this podcast and in any conversation that I have is that we as black people are global citizens. We are entitled to the right to be global citizens. I have to say that again. You are entitled to the right, if you are not already, you are entitled to the right to be a global citizen. Not just a transnational, that's part of the package, but you are a global citizen. So that means as an African-American, you have a home in Africa. You do. You have a home. There are other places where black people who look like you are there. Travel, establish relationships and connections, build bridges. Many black people build bridges with Brazil, with the islands, with Cuba. I mean, there are there are many places that we can form relationships with, including fighting for our brothers and sisters in the United States. We cannot forget that. Many of the things, this country was built off the backs of our ancestors. And it was funny because I, I in, in my summer reflection, I used to always think about the idea that, you know, as African immigrants, we are not, our ancestors, you know, may have sold your ancestors and therefore, you know, we are different then our experiences are different than y'all experiences. And, you know, and, and there's some truth to that. But the reality is that it could have been my ancestors that also got separated and brought to the United States. That many of us here are interacting with brothers and sisters that we do not even know are our kin because of the trauma and the tragedy of what slavery is. The tragedy derived from slavery. I mean, we are talking about the fact that we do not know. We really do not know. So I've, I've had to try to to just delete that idea from my mind and knowing that it doesn't matter where I'm at. People were taken from their homes and those were my brothers and sisters. And that could be literally my blood that was taken and sent away. So, you know, we're in this fight together. We're all in this together. There's no separation. Our situations may be different, but that's something that can definitely be mitigated. Africans, we're coming to the United States and African-Americans can go to Africa. That bridge needs to be built. I definitely encourage that. Because I think, you know, when you ask that question, can we just go back? Absolutely, we can, but we don't need to and we shouldn't and we don't have to. That's not the whole purpose is to just have a place that you can run to, you know, as some form of um, as, as a place for solace. It, it's, it's definitely an option, but that is definitely not the point when I profess what transnationalism is. Transnationalism gives us the ability to be able to build these bridges so that we can be able to have the resources to further empower our fight for a better world for us, for social justice. It's not just a means for an exit, but it's a means to be able to enhance our ability to progress. 
we have to be able to utilize the relationship that we have with our motherland, with our roots. Whether you are African-American and you are rebuilding that relationship with the continent or the diaspora, or whether you are an African or a black immigrant that has arrived and acculturated and assimilated to the United States, we have to use that bridge to empower ourselves, to put us in a position to better navigate the world we live in today, but to also equip us with the tools to be anti-racist and to be able to find a way to allow us to be able to attain the goals that we have set that we to we have set for ourselves to be able to achieve whatever we desire whatever dreams we have for ourselves that we should not be limited because if we can't do that it doesn't matter where we go in this world and don't forget if we go back to our homelands we going to be we going to be right there in the struggle with our our peoples and yeah you can say well at least we together but you're just shifting stress. You're still you're you're not you're not defeating the the true enemy, because in our mother countries we're still dealing with the effects of colonization. Racism is still there, and sometimes it's internal. Sometimes it's it's residual from from historical trauma. So there's so much we can cover. There's so much that we got to talk about. But there's also so much that's on our minds, right? And, and, and we have to be able to find a way to be able to make the best case out of this worst case scenario that I call 2020. Where do we go from here? Up, maybe. <laughs> I mean, up. Maybe I should say it confidently. Up. We should go up. Like, but even saying it like that, I mean... It's still, we have to keep on trying. We, we, cannot, we cannot allow ourselves to be complacent. For my, for my transnational brothers and sisters, we are fortunate enough to be able to have the unique characteristic of belonging to multiple worlds and utilizing our connections to these worlds. But that also means that we are responsible. We are empowered with a unique tool to be able to help our brothers and sisters, not just there, but here. We are obligated, in my opinion, to be able to use that, 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 that bridge to be able to connect more people back home. To be able to get people to be able to see and experience what we experience. To be able to allow people the opportunity to be able to find their themselves by reconnecting to their homelands. It's important to add to that culture that they've already constructed and, and they, that cultural identity that they've constructed for themselves to enhance it. It's, it all those things matter. So there is no there is no copying out. And I'm not I'm not saying that what my friend said was a cop out. Absolutely not. I think she was she hit it right on the nail as far as some of these key questions. But for those of y'all who may think similarly but think about it as a cop out, I'm calling you out and telling you that ain't it. Mm-mm. 
That ain't it. You just running away. You just running away from your shadow. We got work to do. Mad work to do. We have a lot of things that we're going to cover. And it starts here. It starts with season three, at least for this show, at least as far as this show is concerned. It starts with season three. And like I said before, I wasn't going to keep this as a long episode, but I wanted to just kind of use this as an opener. This is the beginning. This is where shit gets real. Excuse my French. Shit is about to get real. Be ready. Please go vote. As we wrap up, I just want to let you know, please go vote. I don't I don't even want to get into too deep into the politics today, but I just want to let you know that is important. If you subscribe to this podcast, please go vote. Like pause this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast on election day or you already have your mail-in ballot, pause this podcast and go vote. I'll wait. All you got to do is press play. I'll wait. But I cannot sit here talking to you all and not do my part by encouraging you all to utilize the franchise, the ability for you to be able to vote. When I mean, when you go back and read the history of what black people went through to vote, please go vote. It is, this is, this is, this should not be an option. Go vote. Make a change. Make a difference. This election is pivotal because not only does it affect the, I mean, you'd be surprised. All the things that we're complaining about, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it is going to be hinged or is going to be affected by the election. How people respond to the pandemic, the election matters. How people have responded to racism and the civil unrest that's occurring right now and the the fight for social justice, the election matters. Climate change. How do we deal with the fact that this world might blow up in the next 10 years? (laughs) I mean, the election matters. Go vote. Vote for the people who care about the things that you care about. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, so... I mean, I am going to kind of wind down there. Again, I just want to let you all know that I'm very excited for what season three is going to bring. Again, we are going to take, I mean, I I did so much like research and just internal like reflecting, but I also did a lot of outreach. And when I tell you that we got some amazing conversations and some amazing people that are doing great things, I can't stress that enough. We're going to have a really, really good season. And we're going to make the best out of what we can in this very tumultuous time. Right now, we're, we're, we're kind of bracketing it in 2020. But we have to think about the fact that this ain't changing anytime soon. I mean, 2021 might just be, I mean, it may just be, it could even be worse. We do not know. But honestly, all we can do is act. We have to, and when I say act, I'm not mean like pretend and play a role of something that's not true. Like, no, your action matters. We either be active and we engage in some action and get into some activities, but there's got to be some act involved. Okay. 
So I, I, I implore you all to, to stay positive. It's very difficult for me right now, too. But we have to be able to stay positive. We have to fight for one another. We have to continue to bridge these gaps with one another. Now is not the time for us to be internally fighting. Now is not the time for our intersecting identities to, to start to divide us. The intersecting identities need to be bringing us together. We need to be connecting and intersecting in order to be able to make this a progressive movement, a life-changing movement, a monumental shift in the critical mass of our thinking and our ideals for social justice. It has to happen. If it does not happen, we're in trouble. We need to put our selfish agendas at the back burner for now, just for a couple minutes, maybe a couple days, maybe a couple months, until you vote. I cannot stress that enough. So that's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. I want to thank you all for sticking with me from the beginning to the end. And I'm not just talking about this episode. I'm talking about from the beginning of this show till now. I look, I look, I'm so excited. I look forward to just being able to continue to do good things with you all, to do good things with this podcast, to be able to impact lives, to be able to initiate and, and engage in amazing conversations. And, and hopefully I may, and you all are able to learn something, if not about yourselves, about your fellow brothers and sisters who are your neighbors. And I hope that I can be able to help facilitate the conversation that can be life-changing for you all. This season is going to be fun. We're breaking out. We're breaking out of our shells. We're no longer being shy. We don't have the opportunity nor the luxury to be shy anymore. So we are breaking out. We are reaching out. We're going to make a difference. I'm here to help with that. I look forward to being able to help you all season long and maybe for the rest of my life. This is my passion. This is my life's work. So I'm willing to share it with you all until the very end. So with that being said, my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this season, yours will be too. Peace. <laughs>